This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Wow. Uh, six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Uh, 20 years tomorrow since that horrific day, uh, September 11, 2001. And, uh, you know, I, I, to say that I'm upset about yesterday and this mandate thing with the president and... Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. It, it, we're, we're we're slipping away here, man. We're, the country is really slipping away from us. I, I'm not being. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm overstating that. And so now, what do we have? Uh, if you have a business, a business, and it's got over a hundred employees, I believe everyone has to get vaxxed. or uh, it's either they all got to get vaxxed or they got to be tested every day. Or the employer, the business owner, uh, gets fined $14,000 for each, uh, offense, I guess is what you would call it. Every violation, each violation. Which, you know, uh, there's gonna be all kinds of people who are gonna quit. There's gonna be businesses that can't, you know, afford to lose any employees, but, uh, you know, this is gonna slam the economy. This is also slamming your, your, your your medical freedom, your liberty. I, I don't believe it's constitutional myself to mandate that people uh, get an injection uh, with a chemical into their body, and I'm not anti-vax. And so I'm pissed off about that. I'm sure a lot of you are as well, like I, I see on, on social media. And, you know, I'm also, maybe this is selfish of me, but I'm I'm pissed off that he did it yesterday. I'm pissed off that he did it yesterday. Um, because as we say on Where in Rima, timing is everything in politics. So there's obviously a reason why it had to be yesterday. Just like there was a reason why the day before he was talking to the labor guys, the labor unions who are going to be negotiating, uh, this, uh, this mandate with the, with the administration. I mean, am I being a jerk, uh, in, in saying that the reason he did it yesterday? Is because tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And maybe he feels that that'll take some of the heat off of him. I don't know. What's that? I don't know. So, uh, it, uh, and, and I, I, I resent the hell out of that. And I'll tell you why. Because now, you know, on this day, 20 years tomorrow, 20 years tomorrow, uh, instead of really just kind of wrapping our hearts and minds around that fact, uh, on the air today, you know, I gotta deal with, I gotta deal with this. I know it's selfish. It sounds, might sound insipid to some of you, but I resent the fact that I gotta talk about it today. And let me tell you something. This ain't the, this is just the beginning. 
Because, see, now we've got a standard, right? Now we've got a standard. If we don't have enough, uh, if the vax numbers are, are low enough, right, then I guess the president can just do whatever he wants, or whoever is actually the president right now. So you're telling me that this is going to be the standard forever right now, 100 employees? No. As Trey said, then they, well, the numbers aren't that good, so now we're going to go down to 50. Well, you know, enough people still aren't vaccinated, so it's going to become an individual mandate now. At this point, it's on you. As a citizen, you must get vaccinated or you will face a penalty of some kind. You don't think they would? They already did it with Obamacare. And uh, what's the next uh, the next uh, standard or the, or the next uh, health cr- public health crisis uh, that uh, the president has to intervene because uh, you know his patience has worn out? Well, maybe this gun violence thing. They've already determined that that's a, a public health crisis. So if the president will do what he did yesterday, why wouldn't the president? Uh, and his 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 colleagues uh, or partners in crime or whoever the hell they are, whoever the people that are actually running this country. Well, you know, this gun violence thing is just it's a public health crisis, and that my patience is is gone. Uh, give me your gun. Got to got to got to hand over your weapons. Free speech. I mean, just about anything you can think of that's a constitutional right could now be altered or taken from you based upon what happened yesterday. And not to mention the surreality of Kamala Harris uh, talking about the Texas abortion law and that, you know, people should be able to make medical decisions without government interference. That's precisely what she said. Unless it's the vaccine, then they can interfere all they want. That it can cost you your job, your ability to make a living, your business. And so, and we are going to spend time talking about September 11th because I'm not letting the president hijack my show. (laughs) <laughs> is that too strong? Uh, some, is that strong language? I'm not. Le- I'm not letting this creep, and that's what he is. I'm not letting this creep. You hijack my show on the eve of the 20th anniversary of September 11th. So we'll talk a little bit about it, but then we're going to talk about September 11th. 20 years, man, that's hard to believe. And uh, so I'm going to open up the phone lines, you know, if you want to talk about Biden, uh, give us a call. And then uh, I want to shift gears uh, and, 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 and reflect on September 11th. Uh, tomorrow's a big one, man, 20 years. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it's amazing. Again, it's amazing to see where we are 20 years later. Look at what's going on, man. This president has blood on his hands, the 13 uh, military folks who lost their lives in the bombing uh, in Kabul. And, uh, well, you know what? All the other folks who are getting mowed over right now in Afghanistan. Blood is on his hands. If you voted for him, how how's that make you feel? That's something you heard all the time about Trump, right, Chris? He's got blood on his hands for this, for that. Your guy's actually got blood on his hands. Oh, Lord. 2105. I don't mean to come off like I'm just angry, but I am. I'm angry, man. I'm angry. I hope my defibrillator doesn't go off. i got to calm down. So we're going to calm down. And also, uh, let me remind you, we do have a special with Aaron Kodersky coming up 
at 7 p.m. tonight, uh, about 9-11. Uh, that's after uh, Jack wraps his show. I'm going to be listening. I want you to listen as well. Uh, at 7 p.m. tonight, Aaron Katursky from ABC News will be doing a, uh, a one-hour special on 9-11. 210 Uh, here's Carol. Carol, how are you? Hey, I'm doing okay. What are um, you thinking? I just, I just want to mention that we have noticed the disdain that Biden has in his voice when he talks about, this is not about freedom. Mm. Um, his job is not to keep me well. He's not my dad. He's supposed to keep my freedoms. Open. Precisely. He's supposed to protect the country. He is, he's doesn't have to to make my health decisions. Well, he is and now. That's all I gotta say. He is now. I appreciate the call. He is now. <laughs> you know, and not to mention the inherent insult of listening to a man prattle on about how we got to do this for each other and Americans got to help Americans. And in my mind, I'm going, you mean except the ones we left in Afghanistan, right? Because we don't care about them, do we? Uh, here's Mark. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Uncle Sean. How are you? Another day uh, on planet Earth, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around the whole thing about hours before Biden spoke in his speech. You know, Kamala Harris was sitting there talking about, you know, a women's right to her body to choose right. abortion or not, and how she can, you know, make that decision on her own. What, what's the difference in the vaccine? You know, and then and then I'm going to go one step even further. Well, what about the woman that's pregnant that has a job and then she's mandated to get the vaccine to keep her job? I mean, it's it's you know, you start running into a lot of what ifs, you know? Yes, you do. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You do. That's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. And then also, you know, I just think there's going to be a huge migration from people living in cities, moving to smaller towns where the businesses are smaller because they're just not going to deal with that. Perhaps. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. there's the uh, there's the the this pesky uh, you know uh, border crisis, and uh, you know apparently uh, illegal. If you can get here illegally, you're, you're not you're not mandated to get a vaccine. Absolutely, absolutely not. No. no. Think about that. Free handouts as well. Right. All right, man. So, yep. Yeah, that's all I got. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. You know, wrap your noggin around that one. If you're a legal tax paying citizen, this mandate hits you if you work for a company with over a hundred employees. Or if you're a federal worker. All right. But if you, if you can get here illegally, well, you don't have to worry about it. 2105. Unbelievable, man. So yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, I predict it. Don't think that this is the, the end of it. Cause now he's got, now he's got a number. Now he's got a metric. Well, you know, if the vaccine numbers aren't improving, we can take this thing all the way to an individual mandate and then we're screwed. We're probably already screwed. I don't know. 210-599-5555. Uh, 210 Let's take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. This is Scott Robbins. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA on the eve of the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And as we uh, as we go through the gig here, I want to give Don and, and Chris both an opportunity to kind of talk about either what, where they were that day or what other their biggest most you know pungent memory, if you will, from that time. Because there's so many. It, it's yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, everybody remembers where they were, 
but there were so many other memories that kind of stacked up around that as we all went through the next few weeks, especially the next few weeks. And uh, so I, I'm, as far as where I was, I've told, told this story 20 times. It's going to make it really quick. I'm not, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It's, I was in Delaware. I was actually in the, uh, I was along the coast uh, of Delaware in Maryland. I, I lived in Delaware, but I worked in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, which is a beach town and, and, uh, Lewis Beach, Rehoboth Beach, you know, it's all along the coast there. Uh, uh, uh you know, there's uh, several different towns, but it's all one big long beach. And it's usually a party time of year, uh, September, early September. Mid-September is called second season. People are still, most of the locals, the tourists have all gone home. But the thing I understand about that part of the world is that, it's a vacation spot for D.C., for New York City, for Pennsylvania. So it, you're, 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 you're surrounded by people who either have, and I was surrounded by people who either had family members uh, in New York uh, and in, in D.C. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember our, our news person at the station I was working at didn't know, couldn't get a hold of her sister. Uh, the mayor of Ocean City, Jim Mathias, who's now a state senator, uh, in Maryland, uh, couldn't get a hold of his son, I believe. And I was hanging out with him a couple of days later. And so, you know, it was, it was surreal. And also at that time, I was making the biggest change of my life in that I, I'd quit my job. I'd resigned. I was doing a talk show in Delaware. And then I, you know, was moving out to <laughs> strike it out west, man. I was wagon training it. Gonna wagon train my way across the great expanse of this country. To Colorado, and uh, I, uh, in fact, about a week before, I had uh, driven the moving van out to Colorado, and my then wife and daughter, who was only about five months old, were already out there. So I was living like a hobo, sleeping on people's. I didn't have a place to stay. I had, I had my car, and all my stuff was in my car. So I'd already driven across country for the first time. Well, to Colorado, from Delaware to Colorado, Maryland from uh, to Colorado, which is the longest drive I'd ever personally made across the country. And just loved the the trip out there because I, I saw a lot of parts of the country I'd never seen before. And then I get actually I got back that Friday night. Uh, then the three day it was that Tuesday that September 11th happened. Um, and I was going to stay for a month to finish out my job. So originally, you know, I'd kind of planned to party my way through that month and say goodbye to a lot of my old friends. This was the first time I'd really left. Uh, that part of the world where I grew up, and instead it, it became something dramatically different, obviously. And uh, I remember about a month later, uh, in early October, I made the drive out finally to Colorado. And uh, as I went out, I kind of hit all the same places, same motels I'd stayed at, same diners I'd pulled over, same truck stops. And it was a much different America. <laughs> it was a much different America. Uh, on that second drive, and it was surreal because, again, this was a huge moment in my life where I was, you know, just taking off and making a big, fat change in my life. Didn't have a job on the other side. And uh, uh, that journey began 20 years ago and uh, landed me in San Antonio, Texas. You know, and I, I think that's the, the part of the, this particular anniversary that is kind of, it takes your breath away a bit. Uh, I look at what my life was 20 years ago, and if you'd have told me 20 years ago, you know, uh, eventually uh, you're going to end up in, in Texas. You're going to be married to a, a, a different person. Your brothers and your dad won't be there. They won't make it. 
uh, but you'll you'll uh, have a start begin a whole new life with a whole new family, and I mean my work family too. Because KTSA is essentially the kind of place I've always wanted to work at. You know, if, if you'd have told me that <laughs> twenty years ago, I'd be like, I'm going to be living in Texas. I grew up in Maryland, man. What the hell am I doing in Texas? And yet, uh, I found a home here. I found a place where I could lay down some roots. And that's the other interesting thing about uh, 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 this this anniversary. Uh, again, it, it's the bookends of it. You know, it's it's uh, how much life happens in twenty years. Uh, and, and then you you think of all the folks who you know didn't make it out of September 11th and lost their lives, and that they they didn't get that twenty years. And so I'm very thankful. Oh yeah, you have a heart attack. Oh yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> But I, I'm surrounded by the best people in the world, in the best town in the world, and uh, uh, very humbly thankful that my bizarre journey across the country landed me here. And uh, uh, that's you know really all I got to say about that. I'm not going to go into any more details about where I was and all that because I, 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 after 20 years of telling the damn story, I'm kind of sick of hearing it myself. <laughs> Chris, are you sick of it? Because that, that's the other thing. I've spent half that time here. <laughs> I, I forget about that. 20 years, I've spent half that time here, man, sitting in this studio. That's a blessing. Uh, anyway, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk some more. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA. FM 1071, I'm Sean. I don't know what you're, do- what you're planning on doing tomorrow, but and I'll tell you more about this in a few minutes, but... I talked to you about Paradise Canyon quite a bit. It's a very cool place uh, where you can go and camp and, and play in the water there, the Medina River. It's about a full mile along the Medina Re- River. And tomorrow is their first responder military appreciation day to benefit the Texas Ranger Association Foundation. And they're going to have live music, a silent auction, events all day long. And if you want to go, you want to get on the guest list, and again, I'll tell you more about this in a few minutes, uh, go to our website, ktsa.com. You can register now, ktsa.com, to get on the guest list to uh, attend tomorrow's First Responder and Military Appreciation Day, again, uh, with my friends at Paradise Canyon, which is just a beautiful place. And also do some good while you're while you're having a, a great day. Uh, this will benefit the Texas Ranger Association Foundation, ktsa.com. Register and get on the guest list. Um, yeah, talking about, uh, uh, September 11th, uh, tomorrow's the 20th anniversary, obviously. And, uh, uh, I, you know, it, I have so many thoughts this year that, uh, it's, it's going to be tough to, to get them all out on the air. Uh, because man, that was a quick 20 years. And, uh, I know Don Morgan's probably, uh, uh, told the story himself, uh, uh, 20 different times of what happened and where he was on that day. Right. But, uh, where were you on that day? I was uh, I was on the air. You're on the air. Right. Um, I was working at a, a one of these full service stations where basically you play music in between newscasts. <laughs> and I, I was the morning DJ. Right. And uh, we were we just did a lot of you know we talked more than we played music. Whatever. It's like a high personality type thing. Right. And so um, we had a a news guy who was also the owner of the of the radio station. And he had just he had finished his newscast. He did some things, and he he ran off to to his other office to take care of something. And we had also had a guy who did sports for him, right. morning show partner. He was really into sports and stuff. So uh, we were talking about the, the game from Sunday a couple of days earlier, 
um, you know, Drew Bledsoe had been injured um, right. for the Patriots, and we were you know going on about that. And then my news guy came running back in, and I, you know, and it was the weirdest thing because before this happened, I remember the the thirty seconds before, you know, in this business, thirty seconds is an eternity. Yeah, oh yeah. The thirty seconds before that happened, I'm looking out the studio window, and just marveling at how beautiful the day it was. Mm. Um, it was just a perfect September day in Maine. Um, you know, my my wife at the time was expecting our our daughter. Mm. Uh, she was our third child, and um, and just you know, happy that my life had become normal. You know, because you know it was it was a lot of years where it was anything but right. You know, right. I was just very happy that life had become normal. I'm talking to the sports guy. The news guy runs in and says, uh, you know, a plane has crashed into the one of the World Trade Center towers, mm. and that's really all we knew. Um. He goes, he does his quick break, you know, we, you know, sports carries on. We, we had a, I think we were a CBS affiliate at the time. Um, we go to CBS news and there was their top story or whatever. As they were wrapping up that top of the hour network news, the second plane oh, hit. God. Yeah. Um, and I was watching it on TV as it happened because, mm. you know, the news got done. I came on and did weather or whatever and I saw it happen and I, remember screaming to somebody did i just see that because you when you stare at something long enough you start to you start to imagine right. things you know well, that's hard to believe yeah and it was just did i just see that you know and um you know the rest of the day was really just a blur yeah. at that point and i and i there were two people that came to mind because they were both flying at that time two two people i knew uh one guy named greg hallett mm-hmm. um I, I've known his wife for over 40 years, and he and I became great friends over time. And he was on his way to Florida mm. for uh, some type of industry meeting he had to go to. They he he'd gotten past all of that, um, landed in South Carolina. They didn't say why. Lands, wow! He lands. He gets into the terminal, and he sees this TV monitor, and he he notices what's going on. His first reaction is get a car. Um, so he runs to the to the rental car uh, desk and gets himself a car, and he drove all the way back to mm. the Maine from from South Carolina. Wow! Day. The other guy, his name was Javier. He was a, a beautiful guy I had met that summer. He was uh, the boyfriend of a girl that I worked with at the radio station, um, and he was going back to his uh, his home country to you know spend the winter right. with his family, and then he'd come back in the spring. Well, he was in the air when it happened. Was flying near New York City because he, you know, the, the, oh, whole, the, whole, the whole thing started in Portland, Maine that morning, as you, as right. you remember. And uh, he he had left. I think he was a flight behind. Oh man! Um, and he was diverted to Albany, New York. Mm. And I was on the air, and went back to the network for whatever, and got the phone call from Javier. Um, who had a really thick accent. He he was from Argentina, so his English was a little rough. <laughs> just, I pick up the phone and I hear, "Hello, Don, it's Happy Hour. I'm very afraid right now." You know, and I'm like, right. well, "Where are oh, you?" Man. You know, and he says, "I'm, I'm in New York." Mm. Um, so we had to find had to find somebody to explain to me where he was, and you know, we were trying to figure out how can we get him back here because he's not going home anytime soon. No. So uh, the the owner of the radio station. Uh, was actually originally from Albany, New York. Coincidentally, called a friend of his, went and got Javier, put Javier on a bus, and sent him back. Wow. back up to us. So, one plane behind. One plane behind. <sighs> um, 
and and the, like I said, the whole day was just a blur. The information was coming fast and furious, yeah. and there was nothing at all. And, and and I guess I never really thought about how it impacted me personally, um, because I was just so in the moment. Right. Um, you know, in this business, it's 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 just go. Right. You know, when something happens, you just go. You don't think about how you feel. You just go. Um, and it wasn't until years later, I met a guy named John Schneck, who um, I told you about John before. Yeah. John, John was a part-time news guy that I worked with at my last job, who uh, resigned to run for the Maine House of Representatives and represented the, uh, his district in Maine for you know until he was termed out. John worked in one of the World Trade Center towers. Oh man! Oh no! And he was on a leave of absence because he had cancer oh. and was undergoing mass amounts of chemotherapy. He was living in New Jersey at the time and was home. He had just had chemotherapy the day before and was violently ill. Um, and he turns on the TV and he sees that, Man. you know, and that's at that point. It's like, then the feelings for me started to come into play. Right. And how, how he felt about it all. But here's a guy, you know, who almost, there's two guys I know who almost lost their lives that day. Right. You know, because they were right there when it all happened. So it was just a real rush of emotion at that point. Yeah. You know, and and um, the hardest question I had to answer was to my oldest son at the time. Mm-hmm. He was probably six um, and was expecting well, my two oldest sons were, were in school and they didn't go that day. And I when I came home, eventually I didn't get home till five or six o'clock right. in, the, in the afternoon. Dad, where have you been and what's going on? Where you know, what what mm. what's all that? And I had, I had no answer, you know. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> exactly. How do you, <laughs> yeah, explain what do you this say to a, a, a kindergartner for crying out loud? So, I mean, I'm thankful my kid was yeah. a, was a baby, you know, because she was right. literally an, was an infant, and yeah. so you know there was nothing, there was no one to explain it to. You know, and, and I thought about you know my unborn daughter at the time, um, who was just a you know a, about a month away from, from right. being born, um, and I remember thinking, you know, the day before all that happened, I had gone to a to a, a doctor's appointment at the time they informed me that I had like four hernias that they oh, God. <laughs> how did you do all that? Well, I used to be a weightlifter. Well, you have to have this operation. Mm. So I think at some point, you know, I was planning to call the hospital to, to schedule my, uh, my surgical appointment right. for that day. And of course that all got pushed back right. with everything right. that was going on, but it was just a lot going on. And, and, uh, thankfully, you know, you and I and everybody else that's here, you know, we all lived through it. Yeah. And uh, we've learned a lot over that time. <laughs> you know. I don't know if I have. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about you know, that. Well, and, I, and, I, gotta, and, I, and I really, I don't really try to relive it very often. Right. Uh, when I'm asked, you know, but right. it was just, like I said, I don't, other than those, those, those two men that I knew that were flying at the right. time and then John, who I met later on and, mm. uh, I didn't really have a chance to think about how I felt at the time. It right. Was just, it was just go. You know, I it kind of. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about this one. I got to take a break here, but uh, it really kind of blew a fuse in my head, and I, I kind of, I can't explain it. It was, I think, it's because of what was going on at the time. Right. Uh, you, you know, you're starting your family. Well, starting my whole life over. Yeah, yeah basically, right. and it just, and it was just, you know, did something to me. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just nuts. I don't know. Um, well, there's that. <laughs> We've been meaning to tell you. Right. I imagine. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back on the eve of the 20th anniversary of September 11th, and we're spending a lot of time talking about that today. I, I, 
I spent a little time talking about the president uh, in the beginning of the show, but I, I don't want to spend the whole day talking about him because he sucks. How's that make you feel? <laughs> He's a jerk. And he now has control over medical decisions in your life. How's that make you feel? Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, spend some more time talking about September 11th. I want to get Chris Glasgow on the air at some point next hour to talk about it. Rudy J is going to join us from, uh, ESPN, uh, from the morning show there, uh, at 10:15. We'll talk to him as well and, uh, and get his thoughts on what, what was going on with him. And, uh, you know, it's just, man, it's just, it's still it, it, 20 years later. And I, and not to get, you know, go on a bummer again, but just the, the crap that's going on right now. Did you ever think, if somebody had said to you 20 years ago, you know, at some point we're going to treat the Taliban like a legitimate government, what would you have said? Get out of here, you're drinking, the alcohol's not working for you, man. That's never going to happen. At some point, we're going to form diplomatic relationships with the terrorists who at least supported the guys who did this. No! What are you, crazy? And yet here we are. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly what we've done, man. Can you believe that crap? Uh So, uh, we'll, we'll, I, it does. It just, I mean, it blows my mind, man. But we'll spend some more time next hour, uh, reflecting on September 11th. It is kind of interesting that the first, when, when it happened, I wasn't on the air that day. And the 20th anniversary, I won't be on the air again tomorrow, but I'm kind of thankful for that this year. I'm going to spend the day kind of taking it easy and, Hanging out with the family unit there. Again, go to if you want to go to Paradise Canyon and their first responder military appreciation day, uh, check out the website, ktsa.com. You can get on the guest list at ktsa.com. Uh, and if you want to call us up over the next hour, Rick, I'm sorry if you can hang on through the news, man. We just ran out of time for this, uh, for this segment. But uh, I'll get you on there. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Again, we're kind of giving our thoughts. On, uh, on September 11th, 20 years later, on News Talk 550, KTSA. The reason we're here is because people have not gotten vaccinated, 80 million of them. Uh, not because of any other reason, not because of a speech, not because of CDC guidance, uh, not because of uh, any other reason. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Whatever. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hour number two. Uh, then we go away for the weekend. And reflect on September 11th, uh, 20 years tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I've got to do a little bit more reflecting before we get out of here. And uh, I want to hear from you. And again, I want to talk to my guy, uh, my producer, Chris Glasgow, here and, and, and get his story. About September 11th. Let's, uh, Rick's been on hold forever, though. Let's get Rick on the air real quick. Rick, how you doing? Hey, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Okay, man. Strange day in America, huh? <laughs> I know it. I, I want to tell you, I'm retired military, and I was working civil service at Fort Sam Houston, and I had a little TV, you know, radio with a TV in it, and when I heard that somebody hit the, the tower, I turned on the TV. Pretty soon, everybody in my office came over, and we were standing over shoulders watching it as the second plane hit it. Mm. Everybody kind of turned and went back to the desk and knew that things were going to change. Right. Okay? Ten years later, I don't know how many people around still, but Tim McGraw did a 10th anniversary concert at Fort Sam Houston on the parade field for free. And it was a great concert. Mm. So, so all these kids, disabled troops, they're in the front 
and they're taking the name tags off the Velcro and throwing them up on the stage. He picked up every single one of them and put them on his uh, speaker. Oh, wow. And then somebody threw a prosthesis up on the table. Mm. Prosthesis threw a leg up there. Wow. He grabbed it. <laughs> it's a good, it was a great time. Thank oh, it sounds that, like it. Remember, you know. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for the time, buddy. All right. Hey, thank you for your service, man. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, uh, you know, uh, I had just moved to Texas for the 10-year anniversary. I had to think about that for a second. I was in Austin <laughs> for the 10-year anniversary. Because, uh, no, was I here? Was I here? Was I here, actually? I might have been here. No, I think I was in Austin. I don't remember, man. It's a blur. <laughs> it's just a blur. That whole period of time. Or just the, the past 20 years, frankly, have been a blur. <laughs> Mr. Glasgow, are you have a minute, or do you are you busy, or can you talk? Oh yeah. What, what, what was your life like on uh, on two thousand September eleven two thousand one? Well, I wasn't in this business. Right. I was working in the pharmacy, and uh, I was I've always been a news junkie, I guess if you want to say. And my habit every morning when I get up, the first thing I do is turn on the TV. Right. And I worked mid to late morning, so I would go in like at eleven. So I would get up a couple hours before, so my alarm would go off at 9. And so, you know, it went off. I got up. First thing I did, turn on the TV. And I saw, you know, one of the towers, just smoke coming out. And I just thought, well, they're replaying footage from the bombing in 1995. Mm, That's what right. I just thought. I thought, oh, this re- it's just replay footage. They're, they're talking about that for some reason, you know, going back, reminiscing. And just as I was thinking that, I saw the second plane uh. as it hit. And it there were simultaneous thoughts of that was terrorism, that was on purpose, mixed with because my wife was my ex-wife was pregnant at the time, and I immediately thought, what kind of world am I bringing my son into? Because mm. four months later, or just under four months later, he was born. Mm. You know that that's interesting. I've never because I, I, you and I had the same thought on that day when we heard the second when we heard because I heard it. I didn't see it. I heard it on the radio because I was you know I was board hopping. Because my daughter Avery was only five months old; she'd just been born. So you, your Gage hadn't been born yet, right? And uh, that was the, one of the thoughts that I had: is what kind of a world did I just bring my daughter into? We were connected even then, man. Yeah, you and I, you and I. That was an actual thought, yeah. Because I, I and I remember I've told this story twenty times too, so I'll tell it again really, really quickly about the that Friday, uh, which was Kite Fest in Ocean City, which is you know usually a big party time. And uh, I, I told a story about how, you know, at noon they played the national anthem and they set all these kites, American flag, every, every, hundreds of American flag kites went up into the air. And, uh, and I had that thought again because there was a woman standing in front of me with a stroller with a baby. It looked like about Avery's age. And again, what kind of world did we just bring our kids into? It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's funny how, not funny, but it's weird how, once a year when we do talk about this stuff, how you go right back there and remember all those little moments. You know, I, I have, my memory hasn't faded at all. I don't know about you, but my memory hasn't faded at all. Oh, no. The first thing, because I was a delivery driver at the time, and the first thing I did when I got to the pharmacy, my boss sent me to Walmart to buy a TV mm. to put in the pharmacy so that we could oh, wow. watch the news. Right. And it was, you know, we, as soon as we put it on, you know, everybody was getting work done but watching the news. And then right. the customers were coming in and... They would, you know, do their business, but then they would usually stay and just watch. Was because just the whole country was captivated. You couldn't help it. All the all the whole nation, yeah, the whole nation was watching TV. Any t- any TV you can get close to. 
I, I mean, this may shock some of you, but I, uh, since I was homeless at the time, I, I was in transition. I was moving out to Colorado. I was kind of sleeping on people's couches. I went to a lot of bars. <laughs> I would sit and watch the TV. That's where you had the TVs. Because I, you know, I was done work at noon as I was finishing out. So I'd go to find a bar somewhere and I'd sit there and have a few beers and watch the news. And then I'd, uh, usually, I usually got picked up by whoever I was spending the night with that night, you know, crashing at their place. And then we'd sit and watch the news till two or three in the morning. And, uh, it's just, it, it is, it's, it's, I, it, the, none of that has faded. And I, I know that one thing that resulted came as a result of, of 9-11. Trey and I were talking earlier about what, what do you, you know, the sense of what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Because what do you do? <laughs> nothing you really can do. Is that I just started writing. And I've been writing poetry up, at the, up until that point for about 15 years, 10 or 15 years. But I believe I became a poet in, in, in those weeks because all I did was write. Every thought I had, every experience, a lot of those poems haven't even survived. A lot of them weren't very good. Uh, a handful have survived, and they're in the book that I put that I have out now. But that's what I, I just wrote. What else were you going to do? It was unimaginable what just happened. And uh, thank you for sharing, Mister Glasgow. And uh, uh, if you could play that uh, that uh, Green Day song again before you get out of here, that one always gets me. Um, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Then we'll talk to Rudy J from ESPN coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, let's go to Steve. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who was one of the masterminds of all of this, is still alive. Yep. Twenty years later, still alive. I was listening to KTSA, and oh, wow. I remember uh, we had a TV, and. Uh, I was listening to KTSA. I, I knew exactly what happened. We, we we had a TV at the office. Everybody gathered around there, and everybody was freaking out. I was the only one that was just watching it, and a few of them asked me, you know, what what's the deal, man? What, what, what? I, I'm not I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not freaking out because I knew this was coming. Hmm. They bombed they bombed the Marine barracks. We did nothing. They tried to take the World Trade Center down uh, once before. We did right. nothing. They declared war on us, and we did nothing. They ran, the USS Cole, remember they uh, uh, ran some bombs into the side of that? Yes, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Actually, I'm, I'm, I, I, I do remember that, and I'm, I'm, I, I've neglected to, to mention that. But they declared war on us, and, and we did nothing, and we do nothing. Right. I was not surprised when it happened. Everybody should remember that the, the, the bombers, the, the, the suicide bombers, spent the days leading up to all of this. Watching porn, going right. to the strip club, going to the strip club, right. and 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 uh, and uh, and drinking booze because they just like the baby killing Democrats are nothing but hypocrites. I was not surprised then. I will not be surprised when it happens again, and it's going to happen again. Our borders are wide open. The the hypocrite Democrats are 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 in, are right. in charge right now. They cannot function, right. and, and, and they cannot move their agenda forward. They cannot even have faith in their own ideology within the confines and restrictions of reality. I, they, 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 they don't want what is real to be real, so they choose to just ignore it. It's going to happen again. I won't be surprised. I agree, unfortunately. Steve, thank you so much for the call, brother. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Um, yeah, you know, it's... It, 
the the fact that we've had we have an open border and we know from our border folks that you know we have terrorist guys people coming from these countries into this country i mean it's they, it's a stated fact and in the early days of uh the withdrawal from afghanistan we know we were filling up airplanes with folks and we had no idea who they were just dropping them off at us military bases so yeah, and 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 I want to talk about this at some point too. And you know, and and the younger you go, also there's there's a lot of folks who, you know, if they're under the age of twenty or even just a few years older, you know, they they may or may not have that same connection to September 11th that you and I do. Just like you and I, when we we're growing up, didn't have much of a personal connection to Pearl Harbor uh, or the JFK assassination that happened before I you know was born. Um. We're in a very dicey place right now, I believe, because we've let a lot of bad guys into uh, into the country. Uh, we let the bad guys take over Afghanistan, and uh, their their ideology doesn't wane. They they don't they, their memories don't fade. They outlasted us, and they're no different today than they were twenty years ago. They still want to kill Americans. Well, they've been putting nine eleven together for. Years. Yes, it was not a over. They just didn't throw that plan together, man. It, but it took less than twenty years, so it's amazing. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Hi, this is Trey Ware. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. I'm Sean. Joining us once again, as he does every every morning at 1015, Rudy J. from our ESPN Morning Show with Rob Thompson, 7 to 10, Monday through Friday. How are you? I'm lovely, man. It's Friday. We made it. it we did make it to Friday. Yeah. You and I were just talking, though, man. 20 years. It's insane, man. I, um, I was telling you the other day, you know, you kind of jumped the gun, but I remember I, I was at a, I was working Nationwide Auto Insurance at the time. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I was working there, and um, like we had the one TV in the break room, and I remember the you know, whenever it went down, and then like we were kind of finally putting one, two and two together, they just sent us home. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, they sent us home. Now, like I mean, there were a couple of guys that were former military uh. that were upset because they kind of felt like this is a part of what they want to do. Right? Like, they didn't. They didn't feel like we should have been sent home. Like, yo, we need to keep going. They want us to shut down. This is a part of what they want us to do. So, it was a. Uh, it's, it's still weird. It it's is. still weird. It's still weird and uncomfortable, and it's still tough. Even though it's twenty years later, it's still tough to watch. The yeah. Like I can watch the tributes, but like watching it go down is still weird and like kind of like ah, I'm good. I don't like seeing a guy snap his leg or mm. like I don't need to see it over and over. Like it's tough to watch. Well, I was going to ask you that because there, there, it seems like people kind of break into two different groups. Like because some people watch all the documentaries every year, and that's me. I actually am that guy. See, I sit I'm and watch the, the documentaries. Talking about the actual the actual, plane the actual events. Like, yeah, ah, yeah. It, it is. It's still tough to watch. You're right. People you, jumping out of a hundred story oh, window. You know, I'm uh, I, I'm fine with the documentaries. You yeah. know, I know. Like I was telling you about. There's one on. Netflix called like Turning Point, right? And there's one other one, like so. I will probably watch those if it's not, you know, right. If I can get through it, I, I remember on that. Uh, it was, I think it was that. Yeah, it must have been that day that I had gone. I was telling these guys that I was, you know, in transition. I was moving out to Colorado, so I didn't really have a place to stay. 
and so I'd go to bars and restaurants to watch the TVs after I get done work at this oh, okay. radio station. And I remember sitting at a bar that, you know, just a, a, I got off at noon, so just a little while after, and I, I saw somebody jumping out of the, you know, it was, on, it was a live shot of somebody jumping out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the building. It, it kind of puts into perspective of like how hot, like I've never been a part of a fire. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it lets you know, like, if you jump out of a hundred story building, that means that fire is something mm-hmm. totally different. Like you pick. That's your option. That's the better option. That's a better option. Which is insane to think that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and the uh, thing, the thing that's always puzzled me about that day is like some of the people that have been working there so many years, you don't realize you working on the hundredth floor until that happens. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like every day you're just going hundred and it's perfect view, whatever. And then that something crazy like that happens. You're like, Oh my God. You realize you're way up in the sky. I got, I'm not getting out of here. Oh man! You know it is, it's just a regular thing, and you just, I'm sure it's a beautiful views from up there. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just you going every day, and then that something like that happens, and you're like, wow. And you, you know? figure like above where the planes hit, they really couldn't get anybody out because right. they couldn't get no. down past that. Couldn't how? You know. So you know, did you see the highlights from the hockey game from the FDNY and the? No, well, they had the, they had their little annual hockey game last night. The uh, policemen versus the firemen, their hockey game to honor. Nine eleven. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they had. I, I want to say the fire department won. I can't. Yeah, it was cool though. I, I, you know, firemen are fire people. People who do that for a living are just some of the most courageous human beings. It's man, different. The only person going in a fire for you normally is your mom. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Dad will be like, "Hey, I loved you," <laughs> but so you got to be wired differently. You do. You yeah, my my daughter's go. stepdad is a is a fireman, and and to save people you don't know, you know what I mean. Yeah. In a fire, yeah, it's fire. Like right. you ever just burn your hand on the stove? Right, right. Come on, so you know, yeah, they're definitely wired differently. But it's a uh, like we said, man. Twenty years is going by quick. Is it? I've been thinking about that too. Just how much life happens in twenty years? Because you know what I mean. Because you know man, I mean? can I, you think back? Like, where did it? You like. Can you recollect where your 20 years went? No, uh, a Me lot neither. of it's a blurb. <laughs> I was just telling Chris, I don't know, man. What the hell have I been doing? Because I, I, I was living in Maryland when this happened, or Delaware, actually, when it happened. Okay. And so, like, you know, 20 years for me scooted oh, so my ass across right the... There. I was Well, I was close. Right? Was, close. There's a lot of people around me that, that had family in Manhattan and D.C., because I was telling these guys, I you know, I, it's the coastal area of Delaware, so and Maryland is like Ocean City, Maryland. So a lot of people from New York and D.C. and right. Pennsylvania, that's where they go to vacation. That's where they go for the weekend. And so uh, there was just a lot of people around me. Our news person at the station, Sharon, uh, couldn't get a hold of her, her sister, I believe, because she worked in lower Manhattan for, I don't know, a day or so. Damn. So, you know, it was, it was, it was close. You know, I wasn't directly involved and I didn't know anybody who was directly involved, but, but I, it, you know, I, you're around a lot of people who are from all three areas. Right. And I think the, the, you know, I hate to say my favorite story out of that day is the story of United 93 and how they, let's roll. How they got word, like, you know, thank God they got word of what was going on. You know what I mean? Because if not, who knows where that? Where was ninety three supposed to be going? I think they were, they they suspect that they were trying to either the probably Capitol Hill. I think they oh, they said okay. that that's probably okay. where they wanted to go, and just slam it into Capitol Hill. Uh, but uh, it was uh, uh, talk about you know courage and uh, yeah. a, a choice you have to make in a handful of minutes if you think about it.
Right. We got to take this plane down. That's uh, yeah. That's a different. That was a heroes. You know, we, yeah, yeah. especially in my in my uh, business, I do sports. Sometimes we get caught up in calling those guys heroes, mm. and even they'll tell you like, no, <laughs> firemen, people on United ninety three. Like, there's levels to like, you know, there's a difference in heroes. You right. know what I mean? So, absolutely, the guy that puts a ball through the hoop or throws a football for ninety yards or whatever, that's not a hero, right? You know. Uh, are you doing anything different tomorrow? Are you just going to no, hang out? Yeah. nothing. <laughs> That's my plan. Absolutely nothing, Sean. You hear me? So we're both doing nothing. Until I'm, I'm going to hold you to that way. I see you on Monday. Like, did you do nothing on Saturday? I'll probably end up doing something. <laughs> I got a 13-year-old. She, she, well, she keeps me alive. She keeps me rolling. Absolutely. Rudy J, man, from ESPN, man, The Morning Show. Thanks for having me, as always. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure. 7 to 10, Monday through Friday. Yes, sir. See you on Monday. All right, brother. Uh, we're going to take a little break. I want to tell you, uh, once again, we, I mentioned, uh, also tomorrow at Paradise Canyon, they are doing their first responder and military appreciation day. Great events all day long. And if you want to go and get on the guest list, go to the website, go to ktsa.com, ktsa.com and get on the website. Going to be live music, a silent auction and special events all day along the Medina River. It's a gorgeous place. Check it out. We'll be right back. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. This is Jamie Markley. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends. Like my father's ah, that's such a beautiful song, man. News Talk 550 KTSA. It gets me every time. Every time. Oh, Billy. Billy Armstrong. Billy Joe Armstrong. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge Green Day. I like some Green Day stuff, but that one song is just perfect. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Uh, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the show I wasn't going to let the president hijacked my, my gig today with his mandates. I want to spend most of the time uh, remembering and reflecting on September 11th, which I think is appropriate. It's 20 years tomorrow. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I got old, Chris. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is this fat, gray old man? Do you realize 20 years ago? Because you think back 20 years ago, man, and Don Morgan, I, I don't know how you feel, but 20 years, oh, he's on the phone. 20 years ago, man. I was in my early 30s, man. I was pretty. I was still pretty, t- Chris. I was. I was a pretty man. Early 20s. Early 20s. You was pretty, too. Well, you still pretty. I went to hell. <laughs> 20 years and I've been kind on me, man. I look in the mirror and like, what the hell happened to you, dude? Go take a shower, man. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. In 20 years, a lot of stuff happens in 20 years, man. A lot of stuff happens in 20 years. Uh, that's been a good 20 years overall, you know, it really has been, you know, and I was thinking about, I'm still standing, right? I'm still standing. I'm still on planet earth, man. You look great too. I've seen pictures of you when you 20, uh, when you were, you know, from when you were younger and you still look great, you know, 20 years later, you do. What are we engaged now? I'm not coming on to you. I'm not going to ask for a date or anything. I'm just saying that happened once before. We were both really drunk. Oh, right. <laughs> God. Yeah. You had to bring that up. Oops. <laughs> Don and I are pretty close, let me just yeah. say. But, uh, it's just, it's, it's a, it's, you know, I got this book that, uh, and people are always kind of, you know, this poetry book. It's like 800 pages long. Mm-hmm. 
And people are always like, man, it's a big damn book of poems. Right. But that's 20 years of poetry. It's not every poem I've written, but it's the ones that survived 20 years. Mm-hmm. The ones you've carried with you. Yeah, I've carried with time. you, yeah. And uh, and so I've just embarked upon uh, the, the next book, which will be out in 20 years, hopefully. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like something to look forward to. Got to have goals. I'll put, that on my, I'll put that on my Amazon want list now. Yeah, put a, yeah. a release date, September 11th. Uh, what would that be, 2041? Yeah, so uh, uh, that's kind of the goal is to be around in twenty years to uh, to fin- you know put out the next book. Right. Are you going to write this one on your phone? Like you <laughs> at that point, you'll probably just be able to think the crap, and it'll just yeah. you know show up on a computer screen. It'd be great. You know, but uh, God, you think about just how many things have changed. Like we didn't, we we, we had cell phones, but you didn't have this. Thing. Yeah, I mean, there were everybody, people had them, but they were just those small, like the flip phones. Yeah. Just, you know, they didn't have these great cameras on them. Mine had like, a little antenna. You know, <laughs> can, can you imagine the, the footage that would be available had this, you know, the technology <sighs> that we have now been available at that point? Oh, my God. Now? Because yeah. you have to figure all of the video we have were all handheld video yeah, cameras, right. which a lot of people had at that time. I mean, they were right. had gotten relatively small. So you could carry one around with you, mm-hmm. but it, it, today in today's world with these things, oh man. Yeah. Well, let's hope we don't ever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's we not never, something we ever want to go through again. We have to test sure. that theory. There's a, uh, there are other stories that come out that you don't you forget about, and they're kind of minor stories that. But I, I picked up on this last night, and it's one of my another one of my favorite stories out of September 11th is one of my favorite actors is Steve Buscemi. And a lot of folks probably know him from The Big Lebowski and from Fargo. Right. Uh, he was in that gangster TV show, I think, uh, HBO show, I think. I never saw Reservoir Dogs. He was in that. And in the 80s, he was a volunteer fireman. And uh, when September 11th happened, you know, and he, by that time, he'd already been in several movies. You know, right. people knew who he was. Yeah. Um, he went back. Yeah, suited back up. And uh, found his old ladder, his old colleagues, mm-hmm. and uh, stayed for about a week uh, working through the rubble. Right. Uh, and uh, he, he just put an, did an interview uh, just recently. I was reading it last night. And he said he's, he's never really talked about it. But he, he said, I didn't suffer anything physically. But he did have, you know, PTSD. And, uh, you know, he was kind of messed up in the head, he said, for, for a number of years. To the extent where he said, I couldn't make a simple decision because I kept seeing what I saw in my mind. Well, from their perspective, you, you know, everything that they have trained for for years happened all at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, on a level that is unimaginable. Yeah. So you, you just try to fathom that for a moment. You know, you've trained for this job your whole life or for, or for years. Um, and then all of this happens. And it's like, where do I begin? You know, where do where do you Worst start? Worst case scenario, you yeah. Know, I can't imagine. I have no idea. I knew a guy in Colorado that uh, he had he had been there. He was one of the guys that went out and was helping. You know, afterwards, right? He he just didn't talk about it much. I, I didn't even. I knew the guy for about five years, ten years, nine years. I didn't even know about know know that about him until it just came out one day. Yeah, it's kind of almost accidentally. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, I One thing I, because I do watch the, the documentaries every year, and I'll watch them again tonight, probably not tomorrow, but tonight I will, that, um, you know, you, you look at when they first start showing up at the World Trade Center and they kind of set up their command post 
uh, in that first tower, and they're all looking up. And just that look in their eye, these are professional firefighters. They know this is the worst thing they will ever have to deal with. Yeah. And they had to know, had to have known there was a huge chance they were not coming out. Right. You know, a fire way up there. Right. <laughs> I just can't imagine that level of courage. I, I really, you know, you know I, in a building who, you know, with a structure that's been as, as heavily damaged as those were. Oh, God. You know, I mean, they're talking about some major compromising going on. You had to have it in your in your and mind they that it, were, anyway. it might come down. You know? you know, they went in anyway. And uh, you know, I think that's the. And then I'll take a break here. That's uh, uh, one of the things I remember from from one of the earlier documentaries that there was a guy who was working in the tower and uh, some kind of financial guy, older guy, and he tells a story about how, you know, when he and his all his staff are running down these steps, you'd see these firemen, and a lot of them were young guys. Who are Run. going up? Running up, and the word he used was magnificent. Yeah, just magnificent. What other know? word can you use? Yep. What the, I think the only documentary I've ever watched on the whole subject was one that was started with those two brothers from France. That was on just the other night. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Um, and they were there. They were like, what were they, it was kind of like they, they were doing a documentary on this uh, probationary firefighter. Yeah, um, they were just following this one young guy who just joined the fire department, making yeah. a film about him. Right. And September 11th happened. And they, the one brother, I think, got to ride with uh, got to ride with the the fire chief on the way to the and so and then they got separated. So they have two. They both had a camera. So it's a great one. I think that was the only footage they have of the first plane going into the. I believe so. Yeah, because it goes right. Yeah. yeah, I got to take a break. Uh, we'll we'll talk some more when we get back. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station, News Talk 550 KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA, uh, FM 1071, uh, final few moments of the show. Give some more thoughts here. Talk to Elvis real quick, though, see what he has to say. Elvis, how you doing? Good morning. Uh, I think uh, we should have asked for the complete and unconditional surrender of the Taliban. We didn't. And here we are. Yeah, it's a little hard to believe, isn't it, on the 20th anniversary uh, coming up tomorrow? A little hard to believe that we're treating them like a legitimate government. I mean... Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Elvis. It's, it really is hard to believe. And as I, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, I, I really do also... The fact that he did that, the mandates with the COVID vaccine yesterday... Two days before September 11th. Why do you think he chose that, or they, whoever they are, chose that particular time to uh, to announce these mandates? What do you think people would be thinking about uh, on the 20th anniversary of September 11th? Do you think they'd be, you know, still a little upset over Afghanistan? Probably, yeah. So I want you to ponder that for a second. Your president would rather you be upset at him over the COVID thing even though a lot of morons are, are in favor of it, they think it's great. I've seen the memes in this post from the you know pro-Biden idiots. But he'd rather you're focusing on the COVID and the vaccines and the mandates than uh, having you uh, thinking about Afghanistan as we go into the 20th anniversary of September 11th. I mean, that's precisely what that was about. Not saying he wasn't going to do it anyway. 
But that's uh, what I get from this president and from the cabal or whoever they are, the shadow government that's actually running the show, because it sure as hell ain't him. Inherent in their actions and their choices and and their words, which come out of his mouth, not very well, might I add, is what I could only call an obvious contempt for the American people. Uh, they are more concerned about you, taking your mind off Afghanistan on September 11th by getting you focused on the COVID there than being respectful, if you will, uh, and allowing uh, the nation to have this moment coming up tomorrow. And again, if you want to uh, really uh, show some folks your appreciation, uh, go to uh, KTSA.com and get on the guest list for Paradise Canyon. You know, I talk about them all the time. It's a it's a mile of uh, uh, beautiful riverbanks along the Medina River, and uh, they're doing a special first responder uh, and military appreciation day tomorrow. They're going to have some live music under the pavilion there. They're going to have uh, food for you, and they're going to have uh, uh, live entertainment from the Wilder Blue, and it's just going to be a great day. And you can get on the guest list by going to KTSA.com. If you, if you want something positive and special to do with your family tomorrow or even by yourself, go to Paradise Canyon. You can get all the info there at KTSA.com. Um, like I said, I'll probably watch the documentaries tonight. That's what I do every year. Here's Richard. Richard, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, Sean. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, uh, Biden going to Shanksville tomorrow. Huh. He is nothing but a useless glory hound. He's like a leech. He sucks off other people's glory. And he's never had any, doesn't have any, and never will have any. My respect for him is below zero. Yep, mine too, man. I appreciate the call. You're absolutely right. We did have some families from out of New York that didn't want them to go to New York. Don't show your face around here after what you did. You know, I mean, it's, it's, how does he show? I mean, how thirteen? We lost thirteen military uh, persons personnel uh, as a result, direct result of his actions. They now have the gall to go in front of cameras and tell people that we're uh, trusting the Taliban to let people go. And if they got the proper papers, they're acting like the Taliban aren't just greasing people left and right right now. They're actually treating them like a legitimate government. It's mind-boggling uh, to, to, to know that that's where we are uh, this week as we uh, go into tomorrow. So, you know, I don't know what else to say. It's, uh, uh, for me, it's, I always try to make it, no matter what I'm doing, I always try to make it a day of reflection and in prayer, frankly. Try to do a lot of praying on September 11th. I always try to make it a positive thing in some way, shape, or form. So that, uh, it's, it's not uh, an ongoing funeral. A memorial, yeah, memorialize those folks we lost, certainly. And thank our military folks for all they've done over the past 20 years, certainly. But I try to get in touch with the spirit, man. I try to get spiritual and talk to God. And uh, especially this year because I want to set up the next 20 years of my existence. And uh, hopefully I'll do things a little differently. <laughs> Some of the weird crap I've done over the past 20 years, man. So anyway, thank you, Chris, my brother. Uh, thank you to Don Morgan, uh, Elaine Rodriguez. Rudy J., my good brother, uh, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you on Monday. Bye.